John Burke is the author of several books such as No Perfect People Allowed, Soul Revolution, Unshockable Love, and the New York Times bestseller, Imagine Heaven. He and his wife, Kathy, founded Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. Since 1998, Gateway has grown to over 4,500 people, made up mostly of unchurched people who began actively following Christ at Gateway. John is also the president of Gateway Leadership Initiative, a nonprofit organization working to help church planting pastors and ordinary Christians raise the church out of the culture. John has spoken in 20 countries to over 200,000 church leaders and Christians. He's married to Kathy, and they have a grown daughter, Ashley, and a son named Justin. They live in Austin, Texas, and you can follow John at his blog at johnburkeonline.com. That's johnburkeonline.com. A quick show note for you. The first seven minutes or so of this episode had some audio issues we were unable to correct. There's an echo present, but it disappears after about the seven minute mark. Please bear with us as this interview, though slightly longer than usual, is well worth your time. I promise. Welcome to today's show. another episode of True Talk with Wendy. I cannot tell you guys how excited I am today. We have an amazing special guest. This is Pastor John Burke, and he has written a book called Imagine Heaven. If you do not know about this book and you have not seen him on all the different interviews that he's done, I highly suggest that you research that and you get this book immediately. We are going to put links in the show notes so that you guys can link directly to that. But we are going to dig in a little bit today. We're going to talk about his book, Imagine Heaven, which I do a lot. But he wrote a whole book about it because he has talked to many, many people who have been there and actually met God and, come, and they have come back to earth and they are telling us about their experience. And we are so honored to have you today. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, I'm going to try not to cry, I can't promise anything, but um, this book has changed my whole perspective, has rocked my world, and I know there's so many people um, out there that are like me, that I feel like this book brought so much hope and um, clarity to pray for these. But I first want to find out from you, you when you wrote Imagine Heaven, you actually um, talked to, I, I think, over a thousand people, and you researched over a thousand. No, there's over 200 in the book, correct? Is that uh, about 120. 120, okay. Yes, and how in the world did you first get interested in this topic of near death experiences? Well, yeah, I was, uh, I was an agnostic. Wow. And uh, just didn't really know what I believed in God. Um, thought Jesus was probably just a good person, you know, and uh, had kind of rebelled against church and all that, but my dad was dying of cancer. And uh, this is, you know, many years ago, decades ago. <laughs> and um, he's dying of cancer, and uh, someone gave him the very first book 
on that research these experiences where people clinically die. So their heart stops beating, you know, in the ER, they have a heart attack, their heart stops beating, brainwave, no brain waves. Documented. Documented clinical death, and yet modern medicine or miraculously they were they were they were resuscitated. And they come back talking about how they were more alive than they'd ever been in a place more real than this place. And you know many different commonalities that they shared. Well, I read that book and I saw it on my dad's dresser and I started thumbing through it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I start reading it. And at the end, I was like, this, this is evidence that this stuff is real. Right. Like I'd never, I, I, I was curious. I, I became an engineer. Oh, wow. And so I'm very analytical and, you know, and, and so I kept researching it as well. And I, during that time, someone invited me to a small Bible study. And because of that, I was open. Right. And so I, I came to understand the grace of God offered in Christ. And I, I came to Christ. And, and then years later, I, I left engineering and actually went into ministry. Wow. Uh, a, a lot because of the, the picture I got from seeing what the Bible said and what these people were saying. And it's not that these people add anything to the Bible. I think it's they're just coloring in what's already there in black and white. Well, that's one thing I loved about the book. There is so much scripture in the book. I know in the book when you talked about John when he saw like far, far away. Like you don't put those two together, but then when you hear these stories and you're like, so wait a minute, you, you weren't even inside the gate and you can read, but you know how how does that happen? Well, and that's what you know. I mean, it, it literally took me 35 years of wow. research before. Oh, wow. I, well, and no, I'm curious. <laughs> I didn't set out. I wasn't like, I'm going to one day write a book on this. This is just my story. You just wanted to know. I just was curious. I was like, how did these, you know, when, and, and here's the thing is like, there's evidence that these are true, right? So when people leave their bodies and they're, they're up above looking down, they're watching the resuscitation. So they come back being able to tell what was going on and corroborate things that they couldn't have otherwise known. And, you know, and imagine heaven chapter two, I write about skeptical doctors. How many cardiologists and oncologists I talked to came to believe because of these people's stories when they, they had just a materialistic view of there's, you know, a body's dying, the computer crashes and it's, Right. Yeah, and the brain shuts off. You can't see it. It must not be real. So, which is where faith comes in, right? Yeah. You know, and doesn't Jesus tell us, told Thomas, you know, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who haven't seen but yet believe, yeah. right? So yeah. everybody living in today's world has never seen Jesus, you know, face to face because yeah. we didn't walk around, you know, 2,000 years ago, obviously. But um, thankful for these people that he has given, I believe, a gift for those of us who are still here who struggle because sometimes I think, you know, I don't, I don't know how long. I mean, I, I feel like I was, you know, saved in fact, I was saved and baptized eight times growing up because my dad was a preacher, but mm. I don't remember an exact date of being saved because I just feel like I've been saved for so long. I mean, I've mm. always pursued the Lord, but you still struggle with your faith. Even, oh, yeah. you know, it's not anything you ever perfect. It's like a, it's like a work in progress, you know? So it's so great to have yeah. these kinds of reassurances. So tell me, um, cause, cause you were 16 when your dad 
mm-hmm. pass away. And so, and you, you've been doing this for a long, long time. Okay. So in all of that research, what are the, like the top three or four commonalities that you hear across the board? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I've researched thousands, but you know, the, the Gallup poll found that millions of people have had these experiences. So this is, this is not uncommon. Wow. And the commonalities are, and, and again, not everyone is exactly the same. Right. But if I were to kind of summarize, uh, a person leaves their body, you know, they, they have a heart attack or, or some other traumatic thing, right. obviously. Um, they leave their body and what they're very aware of is um, they feel more alive than they've ever felt before. They still are themselves. In fact, they're more themselves than they've ever been. So they have, they can see their arms, they can see their legs. They, yes, they... but they say it's a spiritual body. Okay. So interestingly, little side note, I believe that the apostle Paul, who wrote most good chunk of the New, New Testament, Testament, actually had one of these near-death experiences. Wow, okay. Yeah, in Acts chapter 14, it says he was in Lystra, a mob turns on him, they stoned him to death, right. drug him out of the city and left him for dead. Yes, yes. And then he gets back up and goes back in as they're praying for him. Right, that is crazy, isn't and it? And he then says um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, he says about himself, mm-hmm. I know a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, right. who was taken up to into heaven and heaven. heard and saw things inexpressible. Okay, and you think that was a reference to when Because he, he says 12 years ago, and it, wow. it fits the timeline. It does. And he talks about how we're going to have a spiritual body, you know, 1 Corinthians 15. And this, this body is buried in weakness, but it's raised in dunamis, in power. What? That's the Jewish word? That's the Greek word. Oh, Greek word. Yeah, okay. the, wow. raised in power. Uh, it's, it's buried a natural body, but, but raised a spiritual body. And wow. so that's what these people say is that you're, you're more yourself and not like we have five senses. Right. They say, no, it's more like we have 50 senses. Oh it's like super alive, like Superman, wow. <laughs> Superwoman. Wow. And, and so, um, and that's what you were referring to. You know, like one of the things that they said is it was like I had telescopic vision. Like I could see for miles and every little blade of grass or every little leaf on the tree, but I knew it was miles away. Or I could see microscopic and vision was like sometimes peripheral 360 kind of thing. Really? And, you know, people hear that and some Christians who is part of why it was so hard for me to write this because so many Christians don't understand these, never had researched it, but were just like, oh, that must be satanic. That's evil. Oh, goodness. Right? Because they're talking about this weird, you know, right. seeing thousands of miles that can't, you know. Yeah. And what I point out that you were pointing out is John in Revelation 21 right. is taken in the spirit to the New Jerusalem, to heaven, up on a very high mountain. Right. Which I've had indie ears talk about seeing. And wow. it's not, it's like Himalayas high. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And and from up there, he reads the names inscribed, you know, yes. on the city. Walls. Yes, yes. How? With this telescopic, amazing super sense. Right. <laughs> right. But you would oh never goodness. put the two together. No. And that's the, right. that's the amazing journey that I'm trying to show people in Imagine Heaven is that it's all there in the Bible, but we never put all the pieces together. And so we think about the life to come as this wispy, ethereal, 
less than boring. Yeah, floating on a cloud. As floating a spirit, on a cloud. Yes, with you know, yes. wish I'd brought a magazine. It's so boring. <laughs> here, you know? like, and oh it's it's this life times a thousand. Yeah. It's this love times a billion. It's yes. it's our relationships and our histories. But without all the crap. Yes. Without and, all the and, and the sin aches and pains and, 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 pains and the betrayals and the abandonment yeah. and the sin yeah. that we just have to live in. Yes, that is so that so, I can't imagine a world like I that know. personally. Well, we all can because it's what we deep down know is wrong with this world. Right, right. Absolutely. But why, you but you why know. do we know something's wrong? This right. is all we've known. That's true. It's always been this That's way. But There's we something... God has put eternity in our hearts, yes. says Ecclesiastes. And and didn't it say that he would write it on our hearts so that we like like that new covenant is something that we don't have to yeah. um perform for that, but it's that he is gonna make it to where we can't mess it up because yeah. he is now in charge of that covenant. Isn't yeah, that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a pastor, put yeah. your pastor hat on, not your author no, hat on. <laughs> I have so many questions like for both, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. well, let me keep going with a few yes. of the commonalities. So they're out of their body. And, and, you know, like I said, when they come back, they can corroborate things that happened. They shouldn't have been able to know in other rooms, what the doctors were doing, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. What was the one about the teeth? Tell me about the teeth. I read. Something. Oh yeah. So this was actually so these have all also been reported in um, 900 scholarly peer review medical journals okay. like JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical right. Association, The Lancet, which is Europe's most prestigious right. medical journal, uh, Psychiatry Today. I mean, so like big name papers. Doctors yes. realize this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not all of them. Some of them still poo poo it and all that, but many who have looked into it do. Right. So uh, in The Lancet. Uh, it was reported that a guy in Holland came into the ER and he had had a cardiac arrest and um, the nurse before they uh, they were going to shock his shock him oh, get his okay. heart beating right. but they had to intubate him and so she realized oh, okay. he had or he it was actually a male nurse realized they had dentures took him out put him in the lower drawer of the crash cart okay. and then they shocked him got his heart going but he never came to in the ER Okay. They roll him out once they get him stabilized. Right. A week later, he comes to in another room. Oh, wow. And, you know, a few days after that, he sees that nurse and goes, that nurse knows where my dentures are because they were they had lost them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he says he put them in the lower drawer of that cart with all the bottles on it. And then he describes everybody that was in there, all the doctors and nurses. While he's dead. While he's dead, he said, no, I was there. I was up above watching all this. And they go and they find his dentures in that lower drawer. And so everyone in that operating room was converted on the spot, right? (laughs) They should have been. Unfortunately not. Isn't that sad? Yeah. And, and, you know, there'd been like a a woman in London um, giving birth. She died. Oh, wow. And, um, And she is up above watching it all go on and notices a red sticker on the fan in the ER or in the opera or in the room that she right. was in on the back side of the fan, the, so the, the ceiling to side. The ceiling. Okay. When she comes back, she's so blown away from being with God and the love of yeah. God. And she just has to tell everybody and nobody believes her. And that's common. And so they get quiet about it real fast. Yeah, I bet. Cause it's not like a crazy wild dream. This is the most sacred, hard to explain how I'll give you an analogy. Okay. 
Imagine if our three-dimensional life is being lived on a flat black and white painting on the wall of your living room. Right. Okay? Right. Death means separation. When we die, our spirit is separated from our body. Right. So you're, you die and your two-dimensional flat image is ripped off that two-dimensional painting and now taken out into this three-dimensional world of color. Wow. All around you. It's always yeah. been all around you. You can see your world now on right. the wall. Right. But it's you're in an expanded world. Right. Now imagine experiencing all that and getting pressed back into two dimensions and have to describe three dimensions of color in two-dimensional two two black and friends? white terms. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what these people are trying to do. That would be... There's no um, words. Exactly. Yeah. And and they stumble and some of it sounds confusing, and but right. it also aligns with what they're saying around the globe and what the Bible's been saying. But it also makes some things that were confusing, like John, and I, I'm getting off, but John in Revelation is describing the city that is crystal pure, transparent, and gold at the same time. Right. Well, that makes no think, sense. You think gold like a gold wedding band? Streets of gold yes. sound cheesy and gaudy yeah. and like a little brick, you know, yellow brick road. Kind right, of, yes, that's what I picture. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. It's otherworldly substance. And so, so there's no words. But it's both. Yeah. Crystal transparent. And gold. And gold. You do that. And exactly. <laughs> and wow. you know, and so and there are there are other kind of mysteries like that mm -hmm. that I do think resolve in greater dimensions of time and space that we just don't understand here because it doesn't make sense in our limit. Well, I'm like in our gold, limited you're you're saying that that crystal and gold is is explained in the Bible, right? That's part of what John. What's well, not explained is just described. I mean, it's described in the and Bible, and it just you know it doesn't make any sense. Well, so so as you're reading, anybody it says that, that would be reading Revelation. Go read Revelation 21. Right. So they they may just skip right over that and think, okay, it's just this Revelation. I'm really not supposed to understand everything. I thought it wasn't meant to be literal. I thought it was just you know, Met or yes. and it just bothered me because it sounded like a cheesy televangelist set. Right, you know right, mean? yes, yes, or the it Trump just, Tower. Or yeah, it, it just... But then, but then you have people coming back trying to explain and put into words, and then when you go to Scripture and you're like, this is what they were talking about. And so that's what I'm trying to show in Imagine Heaven, that, how the, that, the whole yes. landscape. So, so that's the other wow. thing is once people are out of their body, they oftentimes travel. Okay. And some through a tunnel, some it's a pathway of light. It's not always the same. And they end up in this place of exquisite beauty. And it's not unlike earth. It's, it's forest and trees and gardens and, and, and mountains and rivers. And yes. it's, it's beauty and a lot of like things they recognize on earth, but other species of plants or trees or that they don't recognize and and, um, colors, and colors. colors that are far beyond the color spectrum of earth. And all of them talk about that, which interestingly, th so here's another little cool thing. They talk about the light shines out of things, not on things. Okay. So it comes out of the grass. It comes out of the trees, out of the birds, out of people. So it's like in the light is already in the coming the out. And it's not like light, like the light of the sun. It's light that is palpable, they say, or tangible. It's love and it's life and light, which doesn't make any How sense. You, to me. Yeah. But here's the, when they see Jesus or encounter God, mm -hmm. he is often this 
brilliant light that they say brighter than the sun, but it wasn't hard to look at them. In fact, all I wanted to do was look at them. Wow. And uh, in Revelation chapter 21, it says, and by the way, Isaiah 60. So the Jewish Old Testament prophet said, there is no sun or moon in heaven for the glory of God is its light. And in Revelation 21, it says, God is its light and Jesus is its lamp. Wow. And the nations will walk in that light. So that's what it means. And that's what indie ears, even blind people. What? Yes. So when blind people die and they have the same experience, they see. And they come back saying the same things, even though when they come back, they can't see. They're still blind when they And come they back. say the light came out of everything and was this light of life and love. But where would they have heard that light comes out of grass and out of right. trees or out of people? Yeah. Now, this is another reason that Christians hear that and they go, oh, that's just new age BS, right? Right, right. But they don't know the Bible. Right. Because in Daniel um, uh, chapter 7, you know, uh, Daniel, no, I'm... Daniel chapter 12, I believe. So Daniel is told by the angel that in the end, many will be raised to eternal life and some to you know eternal shame. Right. But those who are righteous will shine like the stars in their father's kingdom. Jesus wow. in Matthew 13 okay. says the same thing. Oh, the righteous wow. will shine like the stars in their father's kingdom. So that same light will come out best. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever right. follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And doesn't and Jesus God is love. Yes. Right? And light so and love. life and light and love. Oh my goodness. And think about when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain and yes. shows him his glory, the yes. transfiguration. Yes. Remember Moses and Elijah are there and they're brilliant, right. brighter than the sun with light. Yes. And wasn't it Moses that went that wanted to see God's glory and went behind the cliff and then he came out and he's all like shining because the Shekinah glory yeah, is like this this face. radiance. It's like the back right, of him, right. you know. Yeah, there's many references to that in scripture. And then doesn't Jesus tell us you are the light of the world? Yeah. You know, because if we if he's living in us. But here's what I talk about in you know, we're kind of getting off, but it's it's a cool thought. So if we then it says Paul says in Romans chapter eight that we will share in his glory right? when we share in his sufferings. Mm. We will share in his glory if we share in his sufferings. And, and think about that for your audience especially. Yeah. That yeah. imagine the, the glory of God. Now, I don't think it's God's will that we suffer. God's not doing these things to us. We right. live in a world where we start with the knowledge of good and, and evil. evil. Yes. And I think there's an important reason for that. Absolutely. Yeah. But think about the very, think about all the joy, all the beauty, all the love, all the, the best of everything you could ever experience on earth. Mm-hmm. Put it all into one moment, eternal wow. moment. And then what indie ears say, now multiply it by a thousand, by a million. That's what they experienced in the presence of God. So that's another commonality of near-death experiencers all over. Wow. You know, they see their loved ones again. They know each other. There's this welcoming committee of people who have gone before them. And it's this great reunion. We know each other. We just pick up where we left off. Wow. But being with Jesus, being in the presence of God is the highlight of heaven. Like people say, there was nothing else I wanted. I saw this 
exquisite, amazing beauty. Yeah. I saw all my loved ones, but all I wanted to do was look into his eyes. Right. All I wanted to do was be with him. Yeah, sit at his feet and just spend my eternity right there. Which I know, I know all the blockage we have inside, mm -hmm. but I think what I, in, in talking to so many people, because, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, gosh, I really don't want to do that. Right, right. You know, yeah. worship forever. Right, like, yeah, it's like a long worship service. Like, a, oh, my gosh, I'm a pastor, <laughs> and that sounds horrible to it, me. Yeah, I know, yeah, I love worship. Music, I love worship, but. We, but we, need to, we need to cut it off. But, but here's, yeah. here's the difference. Right, now I get it. God is the one relationship we've always wanted and never had. Yeah. And I don't care how great you've yeah. had it in this life. Right. It's just a tiny taste. Right. Of what we were meant for. Yeah. And then in that, all our other relationships even go deeper. Right. Let's, That's what we're meant to have. Yeah. Okay. So, and a lot of people talk about, they have, they go through some kind of, you know, life review. I don't right. know if there's like a movie screen or. Well, that's another commonality. Yeah. So in God's presence, they talk about having what they call a life review that their entire life usually um, it's not always the same, which right. is interesting. It's unique, but basically their entire life is replayed and they're watching themselves in 3D, kind of like a hologram. Right. Yeah. And they're watching themselves in all these experiences of life. Now, the other interesting thing is what the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 8, to the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and right. a thousand years is like a day. Yeah. Well, in the ear say, time didn't work the same way over there. Yeah, because some of them are only there for like nine minutes. Yeah, they're like gone nine minutes on earth, but they relive their whole lives. Right, yeah. That, yeah. And they say things like that. Like right. some say there was no time, but others say, no, there was time, but nothing was rushed. Okay. And I talk about that in Imagine Heaven as well. How even having two dimensions, we only have one dimension of time. If we had two dimensions of time, see, I'm an engineer, I geek out. Right. <laughs> Even two dimensions of time yeah. at every moment of our time would allow for all the time in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. And so, so they re-experience their lives in this life review. But what God is showing them is their interactions with people is what matters most. They all come back realizing that how we treat each other, how we love each other is what this God who is love right. and is loving them with this unconditional love. And they're sitting there watching all their crap. They're watching yeah. all their with Jesus sinful junk yeah. and you know, all that. And he's just loving them. And they even say things like I was my own worst critic and judge. He wasn't the one judging me. He was loving me. And if it hadn't been for his love, I couldn't even have watched it. I was going to say, what's that condemnation like when you're w watching all that again? You kind of wanted to forget about it. You know, you throw it in the closet and then here it's being replayed. Well, but that's, that's where he's showing people as well his mercy right. and his grace. Right. That that's not what he sees anymore. In Christ, wow. there is no condemnation wow. for those who are in Christ Jesus, it says in Romans 8.1. No condemnation. That's a good None. Place. He removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. And that's not just our past. That's right. even the ones I'm going to do tomorrow. Right. Right. Which is hard to... It's hard to wrap your brain around that. Yeah. Our two-dimensional brain. Our yeah. flat brain. <laughs> but that is what they experience. Right. And, and, what they, and what they realize is that, you know, Jesus was serious when he said, the first commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is like it, love your neighbor, your family member, your coworker, your, 
even even your enemy. Right. Yes, I remember that. As verse. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I didn't like that verse, but no. I remember that. No, verse. and by the way, this is something we cannot do on our own. Right, no. We can't do it. And sometimes we can't do it without being connected to the very source of love and light right. and life and and allowing that that life to flow through us. It's the only way we can live that way. Well, and I say often, you can't give something that you've not received. Right. So many people that are like me and have a background <clears throat> of abuse by people that we've trusted yeah. and that should have loved us, um, it, it's hard for us to receive love because we don't feel worthy or we don't feel like, or, or we feel like that love is going to cost us something. So we'd rather just not have it than to receive it because right. it's always a string. It's not, not unconditional. It's always a condition. Yeah. So I, I, I do know from reading your book, it seemed like the people that were going through those life reviews didn't just see like whatever it was that they did that they may have be maybe ashamed of, but they also saw like some kind of domino effect of how it didn't just affect that person that they were being mean to or whatever, but then it how it dominoed and they got all of all of that feeling. Yeah. And, and, you know, before your audience freaks out, like right. I just want to run away from this completely. Right. The Lord is showing every good interaction too. Right. And, right. and they say he is so overjoyed. Right. You know, by the littlest act yes. of kindness. Yes. Yes. And I mean, this is exactly what Jesus said. It's no different. Right. You know, he said, when you give a, just a cup of water, water to a little child, which in that day, a little child counted for nothing. Right. 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 He sees it. And it matters and it counts. And, right. you know, in Matthew 25, Jesus says, when you, you know, visited me in prison, you know, when you clothed me, when you fed me, when you, and they, and, and, and they'll say, you know, when, when did, did we do that? Yeah. He said, when you did it to the least, meaning the, the people that didn't count for anything in this life. Right. Wow. Right. You know, it, and he's covering everyone and everyone counts. Yeah. Right. 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 And, and everyone was created to be a child of God. Right. That's what he wants. Yes. And so anyway, the, yeah. So in this life review, the Lord shows us the ripple effect of our actions and, and they feel what the other people felt. So when they did an act of kind, when they encouraged, when they served or they, you know, they, they feel and experience the joy of that person. And in some cases, the Lord showed them how that person then paid it forward. Paid maybe. it forward. It okay. was this ripple effect 30 lives out. Wow. And, you know, not every life review is showing everything the right. same. Right. But I think it gives us a picture of just, you know, just what Jesus taught us and told us, you know, is that. Our motives, our motives matter. Yeah. And not so much just what we do, but why we do those right. things matter. Yes. And they say that. Yes. And so God sees the heart. Man, he sees the heart. Right. Yeah. And, and, and when, but this is also very encouraging because it doesn't take much to please God. Yeah. That, that is what rocked my world here. It doesn't take much. I know. He loves us. Yeah. And when we do the smallest little thing and, and it might be like, you know, um, I'm spewing out anger and cuss words at my kids because they just did this and I'm having a bad day or at my husband or my wife or whatever. And you just catch yourself and go, Lord, help me. Right. And then you let them calm you down and you turn around and you go, I'm sorry. Right. You right. know, 
forgive me. Yeah. I mean, you would think, okay, well, that's failure. But right. no, to the Lord, that's great right. victory. We're making progress. We're making progress. Yeah. And he sees all that. And yeah. or, or it might be just, you know, okay, today I hate my job, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go to work to serve you, Lord. I'm going to do a good job for you. Not the boss I can't stand, Yes. but for you. Right. Well, he sees that and it counts and it's, it's joyful to him because it's in your heart. It's, it's the motive of your heart. And Hebrews eleven six says that, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Wow. But that the contrary is the, the converse is true as right. well. Like with faith, it's, we can please God. Yeah. That's that whole chapter that, on faith. Right. And faith is just trust. So relationship Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we should go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you saw that look in my eye. I know you did. Well, it is. I, I mean, and, and and I think that's like a four-letter word. That should be a four-letter word for those of us. <laughs> that who that should be your next book. Exactly. Trust exactly. is a four-letter yes, word. Yes, exactly. I'm going to learn how to read all that. Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, yes. and and you know, we should talk about that because I do think it's it is a great act of evil. Mm-hmm. You know, to to be able to infiltrate the very people that God has put over a child mm-hmm. to model God's love. Right. And to show what God is like. And little children can only, they can only picture God and see God through their their parents. They do idolize their parents. Absolutely. Literally. 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 And God made it that way. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's a sin when you're a child. Like, no, you, no, no, you no, don't no. have any other adults before me. But no. that's, that's who is teaching you should be teaching you about God. That's the way God intended it to be. So when someone rejects God's will for right. them right. and and gets led by evil to perpetrate horrible acts against their own children, right. and basically what they're saying is, hey, evil, all forces of evil, come at her, have right. at her. Right. And as we talked about, you know, when we were off camera, I believe that's why you see then they get victimized again and again many times right. yes. until you can stop it. Right. You can. And in Christ, I, I believe you can fight spiritually against that. Yeah. And it's a daily And battle. break. Yeah. It's, and, it, is, it is because you're always, I mean, if you're a Christian and you're trying to serve the Lord, the enemy's always working against that no matter what. Right. So it is, it is something that we just have to learn. And I think that's why the Bible talks about armor up. You know, you have to put on your armor. Every and especially taking thoughts captive. Yes. That's yes. where it starts. Yes. And, because, and yes. that's difficult. It is. It's very difficult, <clears throat> especially for people who have um, like chapter 14 of your book. Um, note to self, if y'all watch, if y'all read this book or listen to this book, do not be on a treadmill when you get to chapter 14, <laughs> because that is where it just hit me like a lead like a lead brick. Um, it, this, this girl that you talk about who was sexually abused, I think starting at three, wasn't she? And just repeatedly by different men. Um, so much so that when she was baptized, she said she felt now like she had been cleansed and was clean from all her filth that she felt like from all the abuse. And then expected that to save her from from ever happening again. And then it kept happening. And so, of course, she turned to every other way to try to fulfill. Yeah, Crystal, Crystal, Crystal said to me, I broke every one of the Ten Commandments. Right. Even murder. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, for me, I told, now, I haven't murdered, FYI, but I feel that 
dirt. I feel, I feel that for, I mean, it takes me about a half a second to go back to that little girl Mm -hmm. that was 11. I mean, I can get there like that. I mean, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast, but I can be 11. I can be back in that situation in one second. Now I don't live there. Mm -hmm. I don't live there. But I think subconsciously there's stuff that happens, especially, you know, even scientifically they say, you know, children are, you know, forming the thoughts about themselves and, you know, who they are. I mean, that's all those chemicals being released in their brain. So those things are like seared into, I believe, our subconscious. And so little things that will trigger us. Well, when you get to be a grown adult, you know, like I'm past 50, you you start to just come to the conclusion that people aren't safe, you know, because something that could happen to someone who has not experienced that kind of break in trust with such an important relationship, they may be able to get over something a little bit easier or just, you know, write that person off, but it's almost like ripping the wound and starting fresh again with each little insignificant so-called betrayal of trust. So you just learn, I'm just going to keep everybody over there so they can't hurt me. And then you read a book like this where it's like, The whole thing is about having relationships with people and that's what's important to God when you get to heaven. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, okay, I got the first commandment down, you know, love the Lord your God. I got that one. Thank you, Lord. Just loving everybody else. I'm not really sure you understand exactly how I'm feeling about that. So talk about how... Which he does. I know, that's what you were telling me. I'm so excited for you to explain that to understanding. I think understanding that is so important. Um, for people listening because I know you this thing you told me about Paul like that that, I've never thought of that tell tell them well I mean well there so we were talking about you know Jesus was never molested Jesus was never molested so he doesn't really Understand. understand but when Paul or Saul he was Saul right mm-hmm. Um, in, in Acts chapter 10, he encounters Jesus, this brilliant blinding light. Right. He knows he's God. He doesn't know who he is. Right. Right. Just like many of these NDEs right. today. And he says, and, and Paul had been killing Christians. He had been persecuting Christians in the name of God, by right, the way. Right. Yes. He's Sound familiar? Yes, right. it does. Yes, yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is the thing is that, you know, when, when, people sometimes talk about all the horrific things people do in the name of God and in religion and just should get rid of all religion. I remind them. Yeah. And they even crucified his son in the same way. Yes. That's evil using religion. Yes. Against God. Right. Yeah. And that's what he did with your father. Unfortunately, took his, your father's brokenness and, and used it against God. Right. But so how, how so Paul, yeah. So Paul, um, you know, encounters Jesus and he says, who are you Lord? Right. And Jesus said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. So he felt, even though he he had not physically experienced that persecution, that, that Saul at the time was hurting and beating and killing other Christians. Jesus, Jesus said, was feeling you're doing that to me and, and he he's felt, felt it that. and Isaiah 63 says this in all of their sufferings he too suffered yeah and that, he carried them all the days you know but they but they rebelled and grieved his holy spirit 
You know, yeah. he became a savior to them. This is the Old Testament, Isaiah 63. Right. God right. suffers. David said in the Psalms, he keeps every tear mm. in a bottle. He records all my sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, he records all my sorrows in mm -hmm. his book. Yeah. Why? Well, because it's not for nothing. Yeah. And it's not that he likes it. He doesn't like it. I, you know, I use a, a, an analogy um, because I think it's so hard to, to understand when, you know, such evil has been perpetrated upon you. Like, how could God love us? And, okay, even if he doesn't do it, how could he allow it? Right. right? Yeah, because I always say Lot's wife was a pillar of salt for simply looking back. I'm like, why didn't I get a pillar of salt? Like, you know, would not have taken anything. And then I could have avoided all of that pain. That's what that's in, you know, yeah. in my blonde brain, that mm. is easy for me to reconcile. <clears throat> so if God loved me, he would have this, right? right? That's, that's what I, that's how I want to justify it. Yeah. And I think, you know, a couple things that, that I, show in that chapter 14 on mm -hmm. suffering and crazy God. chapter 14 crazy yeah. chapter 14 <laughs> one is just a perspective by analogy mm -hmm. so you know when my daughter was um i can't remember now was it five or eight mm -hmm. i think she i think she was five she was little she was little i don't remember but anyway she was on my wife's shoulders walking through a door way in the house and she grabbed onto the door and I, oh and I hear she falls backwards straight down on tile and cracks her skull. Literally. Literally. Oh, no. And I am sitting on the couch and I hear the most horrific shriek. Mm -hmm. And it just like, I mean, it just sent shudders yeah. through me, you know. And I ran and I picked her up and she was just, I mean, she was, anyway, it was, it was horrific. Right. We take her to the hospital. Um. They're afraid she has subdural bleeding, right. which my good friend's father had just died because the bleeding in the inside the skull pressured up and then oh, no. killed him. Oh, wow. So they have to do an, um, a CAT scan. Mm. They have to inject her with dye to be able to see what's going on, right. which was horrific for her, the, the needle and the injecting her and all that. And then they had to monitor it. So the next day, they had to do another CAT scan, oh, a no. follow-up. And they're going to inject her and she would not let them. And she was just going crazy, yeah. screaming. And she was five because she wasn't, she wasn't old enough to reason to, yeah, right, really about really it. Understand. And, um, and the doctor looks at me across the room and I'm dying because she's just screaming yeah. and she's like, you know, make it stop, make it, you know, don't let them do this to me. Don't let them do. And the doctor looks at me and says, dad, you're going to have to hold her down. Oh my gracious. <laughs> So I have to go over there and uh, my, my little beautiful daughter, oh my gosh, nothing, you know, like mm -hmm. my heart was, I love her so much. Yeah, you know? I'm like, I'm like thinking I'm going to hit the doctor in the face, you know? Right. And, and, and yeah, I've spent my whole life wanting to just protect, protect her. her. Yes. Right. And I have to hold her down. And, and when I'm going over there, she's saying, daddy, don't let them do this to me. Stop them. Stop them. Don't let them do this. And she's just mm -hmm. crying. And, and then I have to hold her down and let them do this to her and she's crying but i'm crying yeah, more yeah i'm yeah. crying with her and mm -hmm. and i'm like suffering with her suffering yeah. why right. why wouldn't i yeah. just not let 
because they're not physically doing it to you, but you are feeling it every bit as she is. And the only way I could go through that pain with her is because I know something she doesn't. Right. I know that if I don't allow them to do this, if this does not happen, this temporary suffering, something far worse could happen to my little girl. Right. She could not be with me. And I'm not willing to risk that. I see something in the future she doesn't as a possibility. And so I'm willing to suffer with her for a short amount of time. And you're her father. I and love you, her. And you love her, no ma- even though that temporary suffering is not fun for you or her, you know this is the best thing for her. Yes, because otherwise she could die. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, she, she that, that whole accident or whatever happened certainly wasn't anything that you caused. No. But... At, at the time well, where... Well, and even what the doctors are having to do. I'm not doing it. Right. But right. I could stop them. Yes, you, you could refuse service. I could, right. I could stop yeah. them. And I, so the analogy, <clears throat> and, and this is what you know, I write about in chapter 14 and show through Crystal's story, who was Crystal. so abused, is that, um, you know, and, and, and personally I've experienced it with many abuse victims who have come to faith at our church. Oh. That at times God even shows them where he was while that was happening. Like in the middle of their separate, like in the middle of them being abused? And it's been a healing thing for them. Oh, wow. So they've actually, you know, basically in prayer gone back to that place, which as you said, you can easily go back there, unfortunately. it's not a place I want to The problem is it's not always healed. Right. And the Lord wants to heal it so that it has something new in it. Right. Not just what evil did, right? but how God felt about it. And many times what they see is his tears or him on the cross watching it. Mm. He's suffering in it and he's doing it to, he's going to redeem it. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so for, for many of them, and so Crystal in the presence of God, when she dies in the presence of God, you know, first of all, she said, you know, she said, I, you know, I used to say if, you know, if I ever get to heaven and she did believe in Jesus, yes. but she also was so angry at God. She yeah, just had such a hard time and, and didn't well, trust she him. She probably and, thought he didn't believe in her. Like, right. where was he this whole time? He didn't he's love ab- me. If he, me. Yeah. Right. He's abandoned yeah, me. And, and she said, you know, if I ever get face to face with God, I've got some questions for him. How could you yes. allow a, a small child to be molested? How could you allow people to starve to death? How could you, uh, you know, all the, mm-hmm. all the hard questions, right? And she said, when she, she, she turns, she sees her two angels who were her guardian angels always there with her, like her best friends. And then she sees this light brighter than anything over to her right, turns and looks and just falls to her knees just in awe of the love and the wonder of God. And she knows who this is. This yeah. is God, the father, God, the son, God, the, this is the triune God. Right. She knows it. And, and she gets her list out. No, <laughs> no. this is what's, it's going to sound confusing, but she said, the question that came into my heart was, why didn't I do more for you while I was on earth? I know that rocked my world because I am exactly like Crystal. I think I have such a list and my list gets longer every week, you know, so I'm like, I'm just adding that to my list of questions. <laughs> um, I, I so 
wish I had like practical ways of taking that moment that she turned and saw him and all the questions just kind of like either didn't matter or just didn't, didn't even like it all made sense to her now because she's in the presence of her savior. And I wish that I could like, like channel it. Yes. I know just right here in this life, because as a mom, I want to protect my children from this ever happening. And I feel like sometimes that's a battle I'm fighting by myself and everybody's like, well, just trust God with your kids. I'm like, that is so easy for you to say. He didn't protect me. What makes me think I'm gonna? he's going to protect my kids, right? And that is a hard thing to wrap your brain around. But I do know... But there's several things I think that are important to realize in that. Okay. One, your dad didn't want to protect you. Yeah, no. So he took his authority and gave it to evil. Yes. You're not doing that. No, no. You're you are taking your authority and claiming it right for over God my children. and over your children. Yes. And then you're being wise too. And God has right. called us to be wise. He hadn't called right. us, you know. Yeah. Trusting God doesn't mean be stupid and trust God. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. It, it, Just let whatever happens happen. No. Right. I mean, we got to be wise. This, yes. You know, be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Jesus right. said, right? Yes, absolutely. So, but I think. You know, Wendy, Crystal's story helps people like me too. Mm. Um, and sometimes I have to do the same thing. Like I just have to remember, okay, you know, it doesn't make sense right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't understand. And if I were you, I would do this. Why we're not him. <laughs> and you're not doing that. <laughs> right, right. But what Crystal did say, you know, is her, her question was was not a question to God because in God's presence, she said, it suddenly made sense. Right. Everything made sense. Right. And it all fit together in, a, in this beautiful, great plan. Now, the difficult thing is when these people have this, this knowledge that I think 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, you know, then we will, now we see in a mirror dimly, then right. we will see face to face. Now right. we know no. in part, then we'll know full right. in full. even as we're fully known. Right. And so they, they experience that, but they also come back just like Paul said, and there are things that they can't, they can't say that's veiled from them. They knew it there and it made sense there, but they can't explain it here. Okay. So they can't, they come back and there are things that they are, that, that they know they experience there, but they can't explain it here. So it's not that they're not allowed to talk about it. They just physically cannot come up with the... It's veiled from them, just like it's veiled from us. Okay. And and the other thing that's important to realize is they still go through suffering and have to struggle just like we do, just because they wow. at one point realize that. So Crystal... Crystal came back and other things happened to her. Wow. You know, that not, not like sexual right, abuse stuff. Right, But still uh, suffering. But suffering. Yeah. Did she get a choice to come back? Like, because I know in some of your accounts, like the people were... Some, some, yeah, she didn't really want to. Yeah. I was, I'm like, so there's kinda, no way I kinda would ever no. to come back. I'm like, you know, my kids will be just fine without me. I'll, I'll, I'll like stand by your side while yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. stuff up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would I'll never, help from here. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'll be your new guardian angel. Um, I I just can't imagine like like choosing to come back. I guess maybe somebody would for another reason. But are did did you find any of them that that were given a choice to come back that said yes, I want to go back? Yeah. There there were some like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. What, um, was there like a compelling reason? Um, other than moms the lady? who realized, okay. you know, my children still need me. Okay. And, and Jesus is like, of course. Right. I'm, I'm thinking if you had a child um, that wasn't, wasn't some, saved already. Well, yeah. I mean, some like, um, Sama who mm-hmm. she was a teenager who died actually in a terrorist bomb ripped through her church in a, in a oh, country in the middle East. My. Yeah. So she had just come to faith in Christ and she had just attended this church a few times and the whole thing got blown up and 10 of her friends died. Wow. She came back. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and in Jesus presence, you know, um, interestingly, you know, shame is a big part of Muslim religion. So she thought she was going to feel so much shame in his presence. That's what she was scared of. Even seeing him. Really? And he just, he said, welcome home, Samah. And she said, I felt embraced with just there. There was just an unconditional acceptance and love and knowledge of me. That's what he sees right through. He sees everything. There's nothing you can hide and you don't want to. That's what they say. Well, he knows. You don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can't. Because he gets it. Yeah. He gets it better than we get it. Clearly. I don't understand why I do some of the things I do. Right. He does. Yeah. He understands. And he has yes. compassion and he wants to lead us in this life. Wow. You know? And that's the beauty of it. It's freedom. We don't have to work, work, work to show that we are good enough for God to lead us and love us. He does. We have to learn to abide in it, as Jesus said in John There's 15. There's that word, abide. I know. That word is kicking me right now. Okay, so that, that is a great segue into, this is, I think, my final question, that work, 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 right? So people like me, we, we just, we do. We, we want to do something to feel worthy, to, even though we know, I think sometimes what's here and what's here, you know, it's hard to live it, yeah. even though we know we should, right? Right, right, right. Um, it's like Paul says, I do the things I don't want to do, right. and, you know, okay. So those of us who work, 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 the, the overall gist of the book at the end, when I was done listening to all of it, it seemed to me that everybody that went there came back with the same overall impression that nothing mattered more than obviously our relationship with God, but our how we express love pretty much to the people that God had put influence in over our lives. Not like to, you know... Uh, the whole world, but you know, he's put people in our lives and those relationships were the most important thing. So how do we reconcile? Because there are some people that go, well, as long as we're loving, we don't need to worry about sin. I mean, God is love. So everybody's going to go to heaven and it's all about love. Right. When in reality, there's, you know, 66 books of the Bible and you have, you know, a lot of stuff about, you know, what, this, you know, your sin and your fruit and your good deeds and your know, faith and works together. You know, how does one reconcile all that? Okay. So two things, two things I want to say to, to that. So remind me about the, um, trying to get into our hearts the way God feels about us. Okay. 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 Cause I want, well, let me start there. Okay. Because honestly, um, in Ephesians chapter one, we get how God feels about us. Right. And until we really start to change the thoughts in our mind to be in line with the truth of what God says about us, 
it it's really hard to act in trust of him. Right. 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 That's so, the taking your thoughts captive. Yeah. So so a, a great exercise that I would I would recommend take Ephesians one and read it with your name in it daily. Okay. Oh, okay. For God chose Wendy before the earth was formed. Okay. Loved Wendy, predestined Wendy to become what you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, it's personalizing. It's personalizing. Um, Sees Wendy as blameless in his sight. That's what it says. I know. It says that. (laughs) I know. Well, okay, so so this is very important because if I don't believe it, Mm -hmm. then I have to prove I'm better. I'm good enough. I'm good enough to, to, to love me. Yeah. But instead, we've got to accept it. It's almost just unbelievable is what it is. It is unbelievable. It is, it, it is so hard. Well, and because we go, but but I'm not blameless. No, neither am I. Yeah, and I, I'm a I'm truth not seeker, so I don't want to say a lie. And that seems so unbelievable. But that's why he told us I, that. But and, and these yeah, people who've been in his presence with these near-death experiences, mm-hmm. that's what they say. And see, it's our, you know, like... Why is it so hard to believe that what they say is all I was experiencing was unconditional love and acceptance and just this being known so intimately and never wanting to leave his presence? Yeah, and I think unfortunately, or fortunately, but those of us who did not receive that, I think through who God put on earth to show himself to us through as Mm -hmm. children they scarred it yeah and you and And he wants to heal that memory he wants to put new associations in that old scarred memory of of what he meant for them to show you because love for for someone like me it gets twisted and, and and it's in a way can be perverted. Right. So you, you avoid it right. at times. And, and I have said many times, like, so I have two daughters and a husband who is amazing, but my joy is watching him with them, mm. watching them crawl up in his lap. Comp- like they're, feel safe, they're totally, feel, yeah. They, yeah. Like he, he's like, Okay, everything's good. You're like he's he's so afraid of like making me feel uncomfortable. Mm. But they, I mean, they'll they'll go running through the house naked. They don't mm. think anything about it. You yeah. know, like running to the bathtub or whatever. And that innocent, safe, secure love that comes from a father, when that is missing at an early age, it's really hard. And and then when you're blamed for right the results and the fallout right. of because you don't want to take responsibility. It's hard to not think everything is your own fault. You right. know what I mean? So right. even well, though I know it and I believe every word of the Bible, yeah. but when, when like what you're saying, putting my own name in there, I could put your name in there real right, easily. Right. I could tell, I could put Loretta's name in there. I could put anybody. Well, that's in why there. I made it your I name. Know. <laughs> I know. And that's why you, you, that's, that's what I'm suggesting is that you gotta, you've got to start to internalize it until you start to trust and, and trust grows slowly Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord will show you because he's with us always. He is. And, and he wants to help us trust him more. He wants to heal those, those memories that 
are still trying to be in the present. Right. You know, right. because they are in the past and he's paid for them and he wants to associate them with something so they don't just keep triggering us in the present. Right, right. But also, back to what Jesus said, love God first, love people like you love yourself, and that covers all the commands of Scripture. Right. So what does that mean? Right. Well, it means you don't have to, well, am I doing it right? Did I do wrong? You know, what do I need to do now? Right. You know, you don't have to focus on how to avoid sin or how to prove you're doing good right. for God. Right. That's not actually how we do it. Right. So Jesus explained it his last night on earth. He said in John chapter 15, great one to read, great one to meditate on. Okay. He said, you guys are like a branch and yes. I'm like a vine. Yeah. And when the vine, when the branch stays connected to the vine, yeah. which is the source of life and nutrients and right. fruit grows naturally on the branch, right. yeah. good things come. Right. The branch doesn't have to work real hard. The branch doesn't have to go tie fruit on to make it look like it has right. fruit. Right. It just, it, it just happens. Right. Right. Yeah. But apart from this connection, he said, you can do nothing. Right. So that's abiding. And he goes on and he says, so abide in my love. Just as I abided in the father's love. Mm -hmm. And I tell you this, so my joy will be in you and your joy will overflow. Right. Do you see what he wants for yeah. us? Yeah. And it's so simple. It's not abide in my rules or abide in my wrath. No. <laughs> it's abide in my love. And so if we don't believe yeah. his love, if you yeah. don't believe, he really said I'm blameless. He sees me as blameless. But that's, that's why understanding what he says about us, and if he, like Ephesians 1, if we don't believe that, yeah. if we don't believe that's really true, then we're going to run from him. Right? right? We're not going to let him help us as we're struggling and we're going to do it again. Yeah. That very thing we didn't want to do. Yeah, because we don't want to feel that shame. But that's disconnecting from the vine. Now we don't bear fruit. We just do what we always do. Right. We need to stay connected, which, which I think these NDEs help me do yeah. better because I realize, wait, he's not, he's not that like, get it right or you're getting it right. in the face. Yeah, he, I can read your thoughts. You better not think that. He's That's, not like yeah. that. that. That was what I was always afraid right. of. I was like, oh my goodness, no. I can't escape him because he can even know my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, you know? but, but that actually can become the opposite. Like he gets me. Right. Nobody else gets me. Yeah. And he knows he, he, he has good things for me and he has compassion on me. When I'm suffering, he's suffering with me. He's yeah. not trying to make me suffer. And instead he wants to lead and guide us. So we don't have to, and, and Paul talks about this very thing. It's, he calls it different than, you know, Jesus says abide in the vine, right? but Paul calls it walk by the spirit. Okay. Same thing. Right. God's Holy spirit is in us. He says right. the last thing Jesus says, I'm with you always. Yeah. Even to the end of the age. Right. So, and I'm sending my spirit who will dwell with you. He'll be in you. He'll dwell with you. He'll guide you into right. all truth. Right. So that's God's promise. Now, um, Paul in Galatians chapter five tells us, and it's so simple. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And then he lists all these immoral things right. and bad things, all these sins, Right. And then he says, but the fruit of the spirit connected, the fruit mm -hmm. is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Right. And so here's the principle is 
you know, we were saying, what about sin? What about doing good? Right. Well, yeah, God doesn't want us to sin because sin hurts us or someone else. And he does want us to do good because that's love toward ourselves and someone else. But we don't need to do it to prove we're lovable Right. By God, to God. Or to and, gain anything. Or to gain anything. We can't gain it's any It's out of love. staying connected to right. what he already feels about us and how he, what he already says is true about us. That just like Crystal, we learn more and more, oh man, you're so good. What can I do right. for you right. out of love? Yeah. Not, not out of obligation, out right. of love. Yeah. And so, as, so I, I wrote a whole book called Soul Revolution. Okay. about how do we learn to do this and I, I oh, wow. our church used to do still does about every three years uh, an experiment um, a 60-day experiment in walking in the spirit walking with the spirit like okay. this and it's not you know sometimes you think that sounds very oh, you know, no. charismatic or something like that or but it's it's just the simple way we learn to hear the voice of God speaking to our thoughts and then just moment by moment stay connected to his love and do the next right thing yeah do what he's prompting us to do and sometimes that may be oh crud lord i did it again right and it's just like okay just turn back yeah and it's in it's already moment. forgiven right yeah it's already forgiven yeah so it's like thank you thank you your your grace is amazing yeah. everything you forgive you yeah. see me as blameless. Okay, then I don't want to stay in this. Right. I don't want to keep going away from you because yeah. you're so good. I just want to turn back to you. Well, turn back. That's repentance. That's what that means. Yeah. Repent means 180. Yeah. I, I started going my way. Right. Okay, wait. That leads to death. I don't yeah. want to keep going that yeah. way. I, and I turn back. Right. Well, that's a win. Yeah. That's not a failure. No. That's a win. I have a little two-year-old granddaughter. Crazy about her. Just <laughs> oh my gosh. I know grandparenting is fabulous. Oh, I am not ready for that. But I that's know. What I, I didn't think I was either, but it's the best. It's like all the fun and none of the late oh, nights. Praise the, Lord, you know? praise the Lord. No, but she's just, I mean, just darling, you know? And as she was learning to walk, falling was a part of it. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't just get up and walk. And I pick her up and I say, let's, let's try again. And I, and I help her a little bit and, but falling is a part of it. And she gets up again and, but eventually she walks and, and now she runs. And isn't that whole process? Cause I, I'm very visual. That whole process, every time she fell and grandpa was there to pick her up, isn't that also teaching her she can trust you? Yeah, right? absolutely. Because that is a big part of her having the confidence to right. walk because she knows when she takes the next step, if she falls, you're right there. Right. Right. And that's so, why that's learning great. to trust mm -hmm. what Jesus said really does lead to freedom yeah. in this area. You know, he said, you'll know if you, if you abide in my words. So right. in other words, like stay connected to my word, learn it and then abide in it, meaning live it. Right. Living it day by day, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I think to, in today's day and age, too many of, of us are abiding in or connected to things that aren't necessarily bad, but things that we shouldn't necessarily be spending that much time in, whether it be social media or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, we should be 
connected to the Lord 24 seven. Yeah. But, but let me catch you on something because that should ends up being a should. You know, right. we, and, yes, and, know. and we See, should all over ourselves. Yes, we do. <laughs> I have should all over the place. Yes, I have. So, but you see, you see how my mind works. Well, right? yes, yes, yes. And that's why, that's why yes, I hope I'm you'll glad. forgive no, me no, for doing No, no, I want you to. I but, want you but, to. But, but shame does should all over us. Yes, for And real. God is not like that. Okay, so how do I quit shooting? <laughs> well, and, 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 and so I guess, you know, the, the thing is, it's like, it's a different way of coming to the same thing. Okay. So you might be right. Like it may be for me, I'm overdoing it on social media and I, and I need to, I need to spend more time, you know, reading God's word or being in something that kind of helps me center my spirit and set, set my mind on him and his truth. Okay. Well, there are two different ways to go at that. One is, oh, I should. Yes. Which is be a good boy. Right. 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 Do what you know is right. You keep screwing up and why right. are you doing Right. And, 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 and that motivation doesn't last long. Yeah. Or it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Because when you're very disciplined, yes. it can last forever, okay. but you can literally wipe yourself out. Right. Yeah. The other way is abide in my love, like Jesus said. And, and when I realize, okay, I, I start asking myself, why am I doing this? What do I think I'm going to get out of it? Like, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. And reorient back to who's the source of all life and love and light. Right. And, and what do I want? And do I believe that? Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm struggling to believe that. Right. Maybe I think staying connected to all my friends and knowing everything every second is going to get me something. What's it going to get? <laughs> right. But you see what you see. My yes. point is yes. um, this walking in a, in a moment by moment way with the Lord is so freeing and then you don't have to just like paul said you don't have to try to stop sinning it just happens it happens naturally it just it just falls away because it's it stops the the allure of sin is a promise that it can never fulfill right right but when you start to abide in the truth that starts to dissipate and you start to see it for what it is and you're like nah yeah. Been there, done that. Don't want to go there it's again. It's not alluring anymore. It's not as alluring. It's sometimes so alluring, but let's right. yeah. be honest. Like yeah. temptation's real. Right. Absolutely. You know, but it's not. It's not something that is. It's maybe, not overwhelming, right. or it's not, or you start to be able to think different thoughts about it. So Ephesians one, you insert your own name and you say it daily, and you memorize it, and you have that as your. Part of your armor, right? Right. Because you know, you're putting on um, your armor every day. Are there any other... And then John 15, abiding. Yeah. Staying connected. And that's just a very simple starting to learn how to talk over every thought with the Lord and and just let him in to all that goes on in your mind and your heart throughout the day and be willing to respond when you feel like he's prompting you towards something. And when you blow it, just don't, turn back. Yeah, don't don't beat yourself up. Just thank him. Moment. Thank him. And for... and Romans eight one, memorize that. Yeah. There is no, no condemnation, condemnation for yes. those in Christ Jesus. So, if I'm feeling beaten up and condemned, that's not God. Right. That's your enemy. Right. Yeah. Don't let him keep trying to say, "Hey, God's so disappointed in you. He doesn't want to hear from you for days." Right. Go get your act together and then come back and talk to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, any any of us heard that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
it's 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 the enemy's way of keeping us from staying connected yes which is the path forward right yeah that is really really good and those are very um easy blonde proof it's simple of, of i mean yeah you can literally that's something you can do daily. Um, I'm, I'm a person that when I'm trying to memorize something, I do like to write out yeah. my scripture. And then, of course, I'm, you know, and I say it out loud while I'm writing it. And then I'm seeing it, hearing it, yeah. and looking at, you know. And um, I don't know how many verses are in Ephesians 1, but maybe that would be a great homework lesson for all of us. We can all try to, um, we can at least read Ephesians 1. If you're watching this podcast. And put have, your name in. Yes, yeah, we That's can read the hard it. part. Yeah, read it and put your own name in there. Yeah. And then eventually we can memorize it. And hopefully um, one Live day it. it'll just, Live yeah, it. it'll just come, it'll just be a natural way for our thinking. And that's part of um, renewing our mind, as it's, Paul talks exactly. about. And then it's, it's ammunition for when we do need to take, I, I have realized when we have a thought that we don't want to have, you can't just, it's like, don't think about the white elephant. Don't think about the white right, elephant. Right. What are you thinking about? The white elephant. But if you replace, you replace it, it with something else. So this gives us really good exactly. biblical sound um, thinking to replace with anything that comes into our minds that we do um, not want to be focused on or abiding in. Yeah. Correct? Yep. Well, this has been an amazing mm. conversation. I'm Sure, I could talk to you until next Wednesday, but <laughs> we will wrap it up with that. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are going to put all the links for Pastor Burke's stuff in the in the show notes. He's apparently written way more books than Imagine Heaven. I'm a little bit behind, but we'll have links to all of that. And um, the, the one thing I will say, um, as anybody who's watched me knows that I really struggle with um, anything that um, you know, biblically that's coming from pastors, but this guy started a church for skeptics. And so you gotta, you gotta respect that. And you gotta <laughs> love somebody who, you know, didn't even really acknowledge God. And now he's a pastor of a church. So God's had him on a journey too. Mm. And thankfully, um, we have, um, books and stuff that we can read and get a lot of his wisdom. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today and we will see you again next time on the next Truth Talk with you.